biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joel Levin. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, guys. This week, I... Um, Man, this week's been a crazy week, you know? I mean, we're going to go back in history, and, you know, the, the pandemic movie came out, and then what happened? The next day, people, you know, were firing back, saying how this is just a big, this is uh, this is a hoax, and that this this Judy Mikovits, uh, she's an anti-vaxxer, and she's this, and she's that. And it was really interesting to watch it all play out on social media. You know, I was on Facebook a lot this weekend, and it's not something that I particularly do, and a lot of issues mostly I just stay out of, but it was just interesting to see how tribal it became. It just reminded me of politics. It reminded me of people just choosing sides because I'm an anti-vaxxer and I'm a vaxxer and I'm a whatever. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. And people don't even really think about what they're saying. They just choose sides because that's who they identify with. And for that reason, they feel they like they need to slam the other person or they need to just prove that the other person is right when in reality, ideas are not even being shared. And I think people need to be aware of that. And I was trying to be really conscious of that myself and just noticing, you know, am I am I being grounded in my own reality? Am I? Am I succumbing to what is happening with everybody just, you know, speaking what what they believe or what they've been taught over years and years and years? Or am am I, you know, backing up with some of what I'm saying with some knowledge and some studies? And that that is tough. That's tough to do, especially over social media, because, you know, people get tough with their Twitter fingers and um it's tough to do, and honestly, it was a little depressing for me over the weekend just watching people's emotions play out, and really what depressed me the most was seeing companies like Facebook get involved in YouTube and actually censor this, these videos. It just seemed absolutely crazy to me that we're going to censor videos of another opposing side, another opposing opinion. And when you talk to people, they're like, well, it's okay because this person's a crackpot and an anti-vaxxer. Well, <laughs> is that the only criteria? I really don't think so. I think that it's just another It's another opinion. It's another person's perspective. Why can't we just let the chips fall where they fall? Why can't – if people are, are like the American people so stupid that we can't figure it out, I mean – Come on, I mean, give us some credit. I think we're allowed and we should be able to just choose and what's best for our lives and our families' lives and let let us see all the videos and then make the best decision. But to absolutely censor videos like the two Bakersfield doctors and now this, it's criminal. It's really criminal, and uh, it made me sad. But... You know, you can't you can't do anything about it. So, what can I do to change it? What can I do to get ready for this week and get hungry and get after it and try to help people and accelerate health this week and moving forward? And that's my mission. That's what I'm here to do. So, with no further ado, sorry I went on a long rant there, but this week, so this is this is crazy. This is what I'm going to talk about. I'm really excited where this podcast is going to go because I think I'm going to break this up into a part, you know, three parts sections. Okay, so this week is I'm going to talk and delve deep into deep nutrition and talk about good fats and bad fats, and I'm really going to talk about just what are 
like what are like three areas that you can improve your health right now and I'm going to give you like two of the most like the biggest common mistakes that people are making when it comes to their diet and just their their diet their overall like outlook of like what they should be eating and a lot of it's just unknown bad information and it's crazy because I picked this topic and it it ties in with the coronavirus because it ties in with censorship and and information not being presented uh ethically and so people made wrong decisions for years and it wasn't their fault and so there's a lot of confusion around good fats and bad fats and this episode I'm going to clear it up right now today is the day so stay tuned for this one next week i'm going to talk about something else that that is like that is a huge dietary air that you need to get out and then the third podcast i'll wrap it up and tell you you know what are just some big ideas what are some big points that you can jump on and uh, make part of your diet so that you can live a long happy life right that's what we're all after so Good fats, bad fats. Let's let's talk about this. What's a good fat? What's a bad fat? Now, here's the deal. So, for a long, long time, like going back to the 1950s, 1960s, there was this man named Ansel Keys. Okay, and he's he's a PhD. He's not a doctor, but he's he's a PhD. And guess what? Ansel Keys studied. He studied eels. Yes, this man studied eels. Why is that important when it comes to bad fats? Good fats. I have no idea, <laughs> but he's the guy that they chose to be an advisor for the American Heart Association, and he's the one who gave them some shoddy science, and here's, here's, here's the deal with Keys. He wanted to solve heart disease. He wanted to figure out like why people get heart disease. He wanted to be known for like the guy that that uh that you know fixed this and so he tried he developed all these studies and his big thing was that animal fat is causing heart disease and it could be no further from the truth um so you know that was his big thing is that animal fat causes heart disease and so he tried to prove it his studies were absolutely shredded apart by other scientists and and again remember this guy he studied saltwater eels. He's not a cardiologist. He's not like some heart surgeon or anything like that. This this guy and yet he somehow sneakily is able to like pair up with the American Heart Association who who receives lots of donations and cash from the vegetable oil industry. And so of course they attach themselves to keys cuz let's face it this guy's got I guess a nice face and he and he can talk. So what keys does is he creates a study that he absolutely doctors. And again, this study showed that a, a basically animal fat cause was the cause for heart disease. So what Keyes did is he didn't actually even give, when he ran his like test, he didn't even use animal fat in the experiments. He actually fed his subjects margarine, which it, you know it, it comes, it's made from partially hydrogenated uh, vegetable oil. So what's in margarine? Well, guess what? Trans fat. A full 48% of trans fat, which we know now to be extremely deadly and extremely terrible for our health. And I remember eating margarine as as a young kid, you know. It's crazy to me that I would sacrifice margarine for, for butter. 
because I, I can't even remember why. I don't think I like the taste of butter. You know, there was talks about margarine being healthier for you, I think. I mean, it's just crazy. And I would I would put that on my toe. I put that on everything, man. And little did I know that it was full of trans fat. So here's the thing. Just remember this. Industrial fat products like vegetable oils, they are toxic for your arteries. Now, why? Because they... They contain this delicate polyunsaturated fatty acids that are called PUFAs. And the reason these are so dangerous is that they are prone to oxidative damage, okay? So when they're exposed to oxygen, basically they they can move in all kinds of different directions. And the molecules are they're just easy, they're easy to move, basically. And they react with a lot of stuff. So when they're especially when they're exposed to heat. And when they're separated from the antioxidants that would usually otherwise would help protect them from that oxidative um, damage, right? So these things are refined, they're bleached, they're deodorized, the way they're made. And, you know, it's it's weird though because prior to Keys, people ate way more saturated fat and heart attacks were rare. So what happened? Butter went down, vegetable oil went up. Then think about what happens. Next thing you know, you're sitting at home, you're watching a commercial, you're noticing that the commercial is telling you you need cholesterol drugs. Hey, maybe you're feeling a little weak. Maybe you need something for erectile dysfunction. And I mean, just imagine how that all plays out, right? Imagine where we are today, you know, being pumped with this information. Yeah, maybe something is wrong with me. Maybe I maybe I do need a bigger boner. Maybe I do need to buy some ED medication. This is all, it's just so systematic, right? It's, it's not, I don't even want to get into conspiracy theories because I'm not, I really don't think that way, but it's, it's crazy when you think about the manipulation, the level manipulation, right? Now, why vegetable oil? Okay. Here's the reason. Vegetable oil is easy to manipulate chemically, okay? And the public can be taught to ignore the consequences of its use. And the biggest thing of it all is it's cheap, okay? Now, cottonseed. This is a very common vegetable oil, okay? The tiny black seeds that, you know, they're they're hard to store. And if they're left alone, they actually ferment and they make this terrible stink. So chemists actually recognize this these odiferous volatiles and from the oil and they knew that this is reacting with oxygen and so from there they knew okay we have an opportunity here and they found ways to spin this worthless product in the textile industry petroleum um, and much more and including making butter right as we know so the thing about the thing about cottonseed oil too is just something to think about and something that I have to be mindful of myself is that a lot of these vegetable oils, they sneak themselves into many products that we wouldn't even think of that are organic. And so my biggest downfall is chips. Go to Costco, get some chips because I love tortilla chips. Well, guess what? The organic tortilla chips by July or whatever they are, they're called. They're delicious, okay? Organic this, organic that, organic seeds, organic millet, organic corn, and then they have organic sunflower oil, organic cottonseed oil. That's what you got to watch out for. And they get you by saying organic. You think you're buying something healthy. Little did you know, 
It's laced with vegetable oil. And I know right now it doesn't matter because I haven't even really gotten into why vegetable oil is so bad, which I'm going to. So just remember this this phrase. Nature doesn't make any bad fats, okay? It's the processing that distorts the fatty acids in vegetable oils, okay? So they can no longer assume this typical five- or six-sided geometry. That's I'm not going to dig deep into like the hexagonal shape of these bad fats, but that's their shape. And what happens is it matters because our enzymes pick up these distorted fatty acids and they can't let them go, which hampers the cellular function of our body so much that it actually can kill your cells. So if you eat enough trans fat, you know, cell dysfunction is just going to continue. It's going to impair other cells and their tissues. And what's going to happen is this cumulative effect is going to eventually disrupt basic functions like blood circulation, your body's ability to fight infection, and eventually you're going to die. So, yeah, that's not good. Now, good fats versus bad fats. So you're probably wondering, all right, what are what are some good fats? So I'm going to list. I'm going to give you a list of good fats, and then I'll eventually I'll later put put this on the blog post. So some good fats that you can cook with, and and yeah, cook with or just use in regular food. So olive oil, peanut oil, butter, macadamia nut oil, coconut oil, animal fats such as lard or tallow. Palm oil and any artisanally produced ref- unrefined oil. Okay, olive oil is great. Just be careful of, of you know cooking on high temperatures. That's that's what I would say. Now, here's your list of bad fats. Okay, these are the industrial era fats that cannot handle the heat involved in processing or cooking. Okay, so that is canola oil, soy oil, sunflower oil, cottonseed oil. Corn oil, grapeseed oil, safflower oil, and non-butter spreads such as margarine and the so-called trans-free spreads. Okay? So, just remember that. Animal fats, they contain cholesterol. Okay? We've been told for years cholesterol is bad for you. It's bad for you. I remember working a night shift for a long time and like thinking cholesterol was bad for you. And I can tell you I felt like crap. Not only was I working a night shift, but I wasn't getting the proper vitamins like A and D. I wasn't getting sun. And I wasn't eating things like eggs and stuff because I was worried about cholesterol. Because at the time, the fad was, this was like 10 plus 15 years ago, this is what we were being told. That cholesterol is not good for you. You know, you don't want to eat too much cholesterol. Negative. <laughs> cholesterol is great. It's help, it, helps protest, it helps make testosterone. It's a natural appetite suppressant. And it will satisfy us way more than anything else. Now, what happens with vegetable oils is... In contrast, they impair vitamin or uh, man, I'm getting excited. They impair vitamin absorption, and they do little to suppress your appetite, so that you actually end up eating more and you get less nutrition. Now, here's the crazy thing: in 1988, so I told you about Ansel Keys and this fake science, and how he was able to just partner with the vegetable oil industry and the American Heart Association. That's in the 1960s. Now, here we are, fast forward 30 years, 1988, Dr. Mary Anig, she actually voiced her concerns to Congress. And she said, hey, there's an issue here going on with vegetable oils. And do you think they listened? Do you think, 
Do you think companies do you think companies like Monsanto, Unilever, ADM, for those of you that don't know Monsanto, you know Monsanto's like the big one that made glyphosate, which is absolutely it's a it's a pesticide that they put in 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 crops, but it wreaks havoc on our guts, our brains. They've been sued. It, it shows that it causes cancer. And do you think these companies do you, now? Imagine if that happened to any of us. Like they found out that like we were poisoning people. Like you're running a business, but we just found out that you're putting chemicals in that slowly poison people. Do you think we'd be held to answer? Of course we would. Now, does that happen to these big companies? No, they they pay their cash settlements and then they're allowed to just continue to make poisonous products and put it on the shelves i guess like in a in a in a different manner i mean it's crazy so nonetheless dr mary enig uh, she she voices her concerns and it falls on deaf ears and it actually wasn't until europe outlawed trans fats that we heard it was bad for you and that we started to pivot ourselves so it's just crazy when you think about the power of all these big companies and when you start to think about things like in today's world now with a with big pharma and the coronavirus you know I'm not going to get too much into that but just take an open mind and think about like whose people are motivated here in these in these in these crises right never let a good crisis go to waste as they say so who are the people that are that are motivated for this to happen? Why why is the fear mongering continuing? You got to ask yourself these questions, and it's not about conspiracy theories. It's just about being open and aware because these things have happened in the past. You know, Louis Pasteur. I just I was just reading a book the other day talking about Louis Pasteur and how he was. A lot of the science he was doing was was absolutely lambasted and shredded up by his peers as well. And so he wouldn't even show people his experiments, and it wasn't until like 1995 that a uh, journalist was able to like do an editorial on his work and like was able to recover his work and saw how it was terrible. But uh, you know, a hundred years had passed, and so you know we weren't able to speak about it. So just something to be mindful of, especially during this time. And for I'm sure many of you. Vegetable oil was not on your radar. I know a lot of smart people that are putting vegetable oil in their foods on a daily basis, and it makes me cringe. This book, you know, when I first heard about how bad vegetable oil was, it wasn't until maybe a couple of years ago, and I was reading this book called Deep Nutrition by Dr. Shannon, no, Catherine Shannon. And it's amazing, like, how bad vegetable oil is for us and how. Like she even says somewhere in the book, like, don't worry about like, like some of these some of these other things in life that you you know sugar or whatever. Like that's nothing compared to what these vegetable oils do. Like they absolutely wreak havoc on you. So like, don't worry about like you're you're worried about that. Well, that's just small potatoes. She says like vegetable oils are just destroying us, and you have no idea. And they're cheap, so you can buy them. I mean, there was a big controversy, you know, last year in the, with the olive oil industry because they were cutting their olive oil with canola oil because it's cheaper, and customers aren't able to tell the difference from like a really good olive oil. So they blend like whatever, fifty-fifty, half canola, half vegetable. I mean, half olive oil, 
and you know, lo and behold, they're cutting their costs. So it's a it's a cost issue. You know, this is cheap cheap oil. People can fry at high temps with it. They use it to fry things. Everything fried is pretty much fried in canola oil for sure. Like you go to a restaurant, you're you're getting whatever you're getting. It's probably fried in canola oil or grapeseed oil. And it's unfortunate because these things are wreaking havoc on our body. Not not animal fats, not not fat, not cholesterol. That all got misconstrued and the media ran with it. So let's move on. Canola oil is a rich omega three, okay? That's an argument. That's what people will say. But it's rich in omega threes, Joel. Well here's the problem, okay? Because omega three is a PUFA. Like I just like I said earlier, it's a polyunsaturated fatty acid, which means that it can be very active and it especially to heat. We talked about that, right? So it can get distorted. Now, since the omega three in canola oil and canola seeds, it has three places to re, uh, for oxygen to react. So with animal fats, there's 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 one. So it's very in tight and impact. With canola, there's three, so there's a lot of movement. It's really, really reactive. So canola in its actual seed, sure, again, it's full of omega-3, but the problem is it's factory processed canola oil. So even if it's organic, expeller-pressed, it'll contain mutated, oxidized, heat-damaged version of once-healthy fats, okay? Now, if you could somehow get the canola out of the seed without exposing it to heat, then it would be good for you. But the problem is nobody can. Now, technically, there's this thing called a wedge press, which you could get, you know, people would use to get flax and rapeseed, which is like of the canola. And they would use this small wedge press. And over the course of the day, the wedge would be tapped into the press. And you could slowly drip that oil out and get all the natural antioxidants and, and vitamins. But that's all fine and dandy, but you, at the end of the day, you still can't use these oils for frying food, right? They cannot be used for heat. Just remember that. Now, here's another thing about vegetable oils that I want to talk about. How do we make these vegetable oils, right? So making them just requires a high level, a high degree of chemical engineering, okay? So it takes 20 or so additional stages to bleach and deodorize this dark, gunky muck. So if you didn't know, it's like, it's a stench, I guess. Like, this stuff stinks, like, so much that you could not even imagine, like, how much it would take to, like, clean it. So when they do all this, they actually have to use, like, hexane and, like, these gases, you know, to actually... um you know, and hexane, that's a component of gasoline. And they have to use all of these and do all these chemical engineering steps to actually uh, get the the um, the canola oil or the, the cottonseed oil, right? So just that alone should kind of make you cringe and just thinking, like, you're pouring gasoline to, like, separate and get this cottonseed oil? It's – I don't know about the process, right? So here's the thing. The, they actually did a chemical analysis that showed even bottles of organic expeller-pressed canola oil contain as much as 5% trans fat plus cyclical hydrocarbons, a.k.a. 
carcinogens, and oxta, hold on, oxyphytoesterols, which basically these they, they damage your arteries, okay? And some of you might be saying, well, yeah, Joel, big, big deal, 5%. Let me get into that. Let me get into that because here's the deal, okay? These, these, these oxidized oils, they cause inflammation known as free radicals, okay? So after you eat these distorted mutated fatty acids, they can actually reproduce inside of you, okay? So these free radicals, these mutated PUFAs, what they do is they actually convert normal fatty acids in your body into like these, these yucky ghouls at a rate of like billions per second. And then these, the cause of these free radicals can actually lead to your blocked arteries. So imagine now you, you're just doing this all the time. You're eating your fried foods, your donuts, all these things. You got a free radical chain, like a, a chain of reactions. Now, what over time will happen is it's going to weaken the underlying collagen, your scaffolding, and it's going to fuse the mo- uh, these molecules together. So po- uh, polymer- polymerizing um, the arterial walls into this kind of like crunchy protein plastic, okay? So now, now that you've got like this hardened, crunchy like artery wall, the artery can easily rupture and bleed. And if the bleed actually ever contacts with collagen directly, it's going to clot and it's going to plug up your artery. And that, my friends, is how you have a heart attack or you have a stroke. So it's not a bl- it's a it's it's a blood clot. It's not like it's not the fat that shuts off the flow of the blood. And that's why you know ER doctors actually treat heart attacks and strokes with clot busters, not fat busters. Okay. So interestingly enough, they did an experiment using like a blood pressure cuff. Okay. And what they did is. They took some cooking oil and they fried some food and like in like a t- typical restaurant, right? They like made a whole bunch of fries and then four hours later, the stu- um, four hours after the subjects ate the fries, they slipped their arms onto like a blood pressure cuff and they wanted to test their endothelial um, function. And it's crazy, but even after four hours later, the effect of the oil was unmistakable. So before the fries, the subject's arteries had dilated normally, opening about like 7% wider. Afterward, there was almost no dilation, barely 1%. So you say, why? Because, guys, these megatrans, these free radicals, they attack the nitric oxide signal that your arteries send. Nitric oxide, you think of – anytime I think of nitric oxide, I always think of like Viagra. I think of like – uh, you know, there used to be this product back in the day called No Explode that you would take. I don't know if it's still around. You would take prior to workouts to like nitric oxide that like, expands your blood vessels and makes you like get a better pump. So this signal gets attacked when they when and when they sense that um, when they sense oxygen levels are low. So without that signal, your muscles don't get the oxygen they need, and the most active muscles will be the most affected. And your heart is always active, right? Always. So that's how that works. That's how that happens. Now, we're getting we're getting a little long. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this to a close. But really quickly, I just want to talk about HDL, LDL, okay? 
then there's a lot of talk about HDL, LDL. The I, there's a lot of misinformation out there about that too, and that's a whole other podcast. You know, we always think of these LDL particles, these low lipid density pr- particles being like the bad cholesterol and the HDL being the good cholesterol. And there's a lot of research that actually says that's not true anymore. They're not good or bad. They're really just different. It's They're different lipoproteins doing different jobs at the time. And so most research, like especially from this one doctor, Dr. Uh, Spitzeller, she actually says – that her research shows that the total amount of LDL in a person's bloodstream is practically irrelevant. And what matters to our health and particularly to our risk of heart attacks is how much oxidized linoleic acid is present in LDL. And so we just talked about a whole podcast, right, about how that could actually happen. How do we get these oxidized um, – how do we get these ox- oxidized fatty acids that are in our bloodstream? Right, and now we know vegetable oils is a huge, huge culprit, and unfortunately, for most of us, we have no idea. We have no idea because it was it was slipped. It was it was erased from time from some shoddy scientist, not even a scientist, some guy who studied eels, but was able, you know, he had a PhD, so he was able to say that about himself, and. Here we are from the 1960s to the 2000s. I can remember just two years ago when they said coconut oil. AMA came out and said, well, coconut oil is not really that bad for you. And even that got flack. And it was just amazing to see other people coming after it. And it was amazing just to see the media still like not, not really admit what had happened. And so, you know, this is, this is where we're left. And I, I have to bring this podcast to light because – even I'm victim of it. Like even I, like I'm aware of these things, but it's like if you don't check the labels, like I just said about going to Costco, like you think you're doing yourself some some great, you're doing yourself some great service by buying these organic chips or organic whatever, and then you check it and they're laced with all these vegetable oils. That's really common for like at Costco too. I love Costco. You go in though, there's like carne asada or like meats, you know, flavored meats like chicken. I. I get excited. I go, I'm like, oh, this is great. This will save me time. I don't have to put a spice rubber or whatever on. And then I look on the back, and it's it's just laced with vegetable oils. And I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta cancel that. Can't have that. Not going to feed my kid that. Not going to throw that on the grill and heat it up and oxidize that oil. No, not going to do that, you know. Um, you know, and another thing about this too is what I would advocate and warn is people that are, you know – big gluten free kind of people. I see a lot of that too. Anytime you say you're looking for like a gluten free whatever, you got to be careful because a lot of times these products so they're the fat or whatever's removed and then they add these vegetable oils into the product. So again, you might be thinking you're doing yourself some amazing you're doing you're such an amazing health guru because you're out buying gluten free cookies and then they're laced with vegetable oils. And you're actually going two steps back and you're wondering why you're not losing weight and you're wondering why you're still sick and not healthy. And it's not even your fault. It's not even your fault. You just you just weren't given the information and you were misled, to be honest. And that's the sad part. So um, that's what I'm here for. That's why I, I'm here to do is expose and help be an answer or a sounding board for all this nonsense that's going on and that people just aren't 
doing a good job of fact checking. Although Facebook now just said that they're fact checking, and apparently they know better than uh, <laughs> they they are the almighty scientists. All right, I'm gonna stop talking about that. Anyways, I hope this podcast was helpful for you, and I can't wait for next week's podcast where I'm going to continue on this path to the three pillars of health. Thanks, guys. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in the show. It absolutely means the world to me, and I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. If any of this resonates with you, feel free to go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. There you can follow me or you can follow me on Spotify. And if you're interested in life coaching or health coaching, you can find me at joelevancoaching.com. And I'd love to connect with you there. Thanks and continue to be amazing.